0: All righty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 28th of September 2022. Happy Wednesday hump day to you. I am the aforementioned Derek Hunter. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, rating, reviewing on iTunes, all that good stuff. Sharing on social media, threatening violence against people who don't listen. Whatever it is you do. I don't want to know about it. I don't encourage the violence. Although, you know, if that's what you're going to do, that's what you got to do. Anyway, appreciate the hell out of it. Word of mouth is all we got. So your mouth and uh, your word. So thank you for that. Uh, don't forget to uh, enter the signed book contest. Megan Kelly versus Billy Idol. Autographs, Two powerhouses. Patreon.com slash Podcast or DerekHunter.Locals.com. Derek, spell D-E-R-E-K. All one word on Derek Hunter Podcast, by the way. Check it out. You shall like it. Bonus material and all sorts of other stuff. And, uh, yeah, and contests. Get to win stuff. That's awesome. All right. That's enough setup. Let's start the show. There is a lot going on, as there is every single day. And you sit there and you just look at it in marvel and marvel about what is going on and how this world exists. How bizarre these, this world is. And it's all over a fight over words. I, I looked this up. I think I'm going to write about it too. I looked it up this morning just to make sure, because I've said it before. And I know it to be true. But you want to make sure. You want to have sources, because they always change the dictionary definitions of words to suit whatever it is the leftists need them to mean in any given moment. So I thought, migrant, migrant. Am I crazy in thinking that to migrate? A migrant migrates, right? That's that's Migrants don't sit stationary. You're not a Once you're where you're going and you live there a couple generations, you're not a migrant anymore, right? You, you've not migrated. So the definition of uh, migrate from Merriam-Webster and actually from, uh, from just Google. Now, this one is the, probably the one that's going to change first. says, of an animal, typically a bird or fish move from one region or habitat to another according to the seasons. And their example is, as autumn arrives, the birds migrate south. Okay. So then you look up dictionary.com, they have um, they have already apparently changed their definition. Their first definition is to move from one country place or locality to another. But their example is still old school. It says thousands of workers migrate to this area in the summer. That is the definition of migrate. To go go where work is, go where food is, go wherever it is. This nomadic kind of life. You travel where you can get by best used to be in the winter. They're South because people wore loincloths and would freeze to death. And in the summer they move North where the herds go, where the green is, where the greenery is, where it's not all Brown because it's so hot year round or in the summer. And you had to follow the food supply. You migrated with them. Now it is, it's being used as to, in place of immigrant It's being used in in place of immigrant, period. Any form of immigrant. It doesn't matter. The left is incredibly gifted in the Goebbelsian ways of communication. It's shocking how good they are at this. They sit there and they just look at what is and insist that it is not. And so you end up in a situation where you're talking about illegal immigration and legal immigration as the same thing they are decidedly not the same thing they are expressly different and that brings us to chuck todd the ginger avenger out there the man who is slowly smothering with a pillow the once great institution known as meet the press he really is It's just terrible my god he's awful anyway on his show on uh, the other day he thought that he'd come up with something brilliant. Now, forget his solution. The solution here is, well, we, it, that's stupid enough. And we'll talk about the idea of importing a whole bunch of immigrants to fight inflation. But note that he's talking about illegal aliens. And you would never know it. The chart that he shows is about legal immigration there is no line drawn between legal immigration illegal immigration nothing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter from where it doesn't matter if his visa overstays he is conflating the entire thing he is putting everything into a blender and just hitting liquefy because he wants desperately to confuse all of these issues the left does and chuck todd is not a very good host pretty bad interviewer, but he is a damn fine foot soldier for the radical left.
1: Over the last few weeks, Republican governors have been shipping asylum seekers to more liberal-leaning Democratic enclaves, trying to send the message that they think migrants are a political problem for Democrats. But in fact, some data shows us that more migrants could actually help solve one of the country's most pressing problems. Let me show you the issue we've been with. Even before the pandemic, migration in the United States had been slowing. We started the last decade at almost 700,000 migrants coming into this country in 2010. We hit a peak of just over a million. In 2016, when Donald Trump got elected, and it dropped all the way down to 247,000 thanks to the pandemic. And you can see this labor force participation rate, it's been dropping. Pre-pandemic, we are at 63.4. We're still sitting at 62.4. One percentage point, by the way, represents 2.6 million people missing from this workforce. And guess where these workers are missing from? They're short 45,000 workers in Boston. They're short under 400,000 in New York. They're short 170,000 in Washington, D.C. Even Miami uh, uh, is short some 20,000 there. So the point is, these migrants could actually be helping our labor force problem, which would help our supply chain, which could help inflation.
0: Oh, yes, the key to fighting inflation is open borders. And amnesty, according to Chuck Todd, there is so much wrong going on in there. But first and foremost, the numbers that he was citing about the number of migrants—migrants, migrants—are migrants, legal immigrants, people coming to live into this in this country, and hopefully one day in their minds to become citizens. Right? That's what they want. That's why they're coming here. That's wildly different than the 2 million, 3 million, really, illegal aliens who crossed the border this fiscal year alone. Wildly different. Those people, we know who they are. Those people, we know where they're coming here. Those people have been vetted to find out whether or not they have criminal records. Those people have had to prove that they would not be a burden on society, that they, in fact, have a support system here in this country. It's a lot different than somebody who doesn't speak the language, can't read their own language, marching across the southern border in Joe Biden's game of Red Rover. But there's no difference made there by Chuck Todd. You now, the people who come here, if you want to make the argument that these are these are migrants, migrating where the work goes, they're just coming across the border, for, uh, that would imply, A, that they would leave, but they're never going to leave. But if you... you Uh, Subscribe to that. The people who are coming here legally are moving here. They're immigrants, not migrants. They aren't migrating. They aren't ready to pick up stakes. They aren't living in a tent and ready to pick up stakes and go to wherever it is they need to be next for the work, for the food, for the whatever. It's legal immigration versus illegal immigration, and the left has desperately been trying over the last 20, 30 years to try and merge the terminology into one so there is no differentiating between somebody here legally and somebody here illegally. Part of that is they want to scare the hell out of the people who came here legally. They go, well, they're coming for you next. Watch out. They're coming for you. It's going to be a terrible thing. They're going to come for you. They're going to deport you. And like, no, no, you you follow the law. There's a difference. You have to otherize them in their minds and otherize the people who are interested in enforcing our sovereignty to scare the hell out of them so that when they do get citizenship, they say, well, look... We've been protecting you. We've been protecting you. You owe us. We'll continue to protect you. But the idea that Chuck Todd is putting through there is so damn stupid, too. Well, it's uh, we need to. We need these migrants. These elite, well, all of the people in the chart that he showed. It was from like 2010 through 2019, and of course, it bottom dropped out during covid all of those people are in the work for all of those people are able to work all of those people are welcome here the illegal aliens are not chuck thinks well we can just hire our way out of them well i'm not sure how math works i was not a math major but it strikes me as yes if you hire say 2.5 million illegal aliens just out of the air poof illegal aliens there you go you got jobs that would increase the number of jobs or decrease the number of jobs available but it wouldn't it also and then and therefore it would increase the denominator and uh, maybe then i don't know which one of it is part of the one of the numbers in the labor force participation rate right Make up, as Chuck Todd said there, if you hire two and a half million people, then you would have the labor force participation rate go up by one full point to where it was before. Problem solved. Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful thing. Except for the fact that you would um, you would also increase the population count, numerator and denominator. You would increase both by those two and a half. Million. You can't just say, all right, we're going to hire these two and a half million illegal aliens and therefore the labor participation rate pops up. No, because the labor participation rate is based off the percentage of the population of the United States that is currently in the labor force, particularly the people of age, work age. You increase the number of people working. You also have to count them in the number of people eligible to work, which would leave you about spinning your tires in the mud. The real issue that we should be concerned about, which doesn't concern Chuck Todd, it, by the way, it would have nothing to do with inflation. It'd be ridiculous. Um, the real issue that Chuck Todd should be worried about, that everybody should be concerned about, is where did those people go? What happened to those people? There used to be two and a half million more people in the labor force. There should be two and a half million more people in the labor force. There's, they didn't all win the lottery. What happened to them? They didn't die from COVID. The vast majority of deaths, fatalities from COVID were of people in their 80s and 90s. So it, what happened to these people? I'd be interested to know. It'd be interesting to know. I would like to see some serious institution, if there are any that exist out there, still look into it. Where did they go? Now, you're looking at you – and know, you're sitting you're going, well, what do you think? Well, I think that there's a possibility anyway – that a large percentage of them have fallen into the lovely hammock known as the social safety net. Democrats have expanded a great many things. They're very concerned right now the left is that there will be an official end declared to the pandemic. Even though Joe Biden has declared it official, he hasn't actually gone about the business of government and therefore ceding back emergency powers. Medicaid enrollment was expanded in the uh, emergency powers for the pandemic and and across the country. So a lot of people will no longer be on Medicaid if the uh, pandemic, if the emergency is declared over. Those people are enjoying free, quote unquote, to them, health care for the most part. There are also enhanced unemployment benefits in various states across the country. There are all sorts of other welfare benefits that uh, qualifications have expanded for. So you sit there and you say, well, we just have a job shortage. No, we have a worker shortage because we've given workers, employees, Americans who are inclined to do so, some of them, the opportunity and the option, the luxury of turning down work. Where my dad lives, you can live pretty cheaply. So if you got a couple of big checks from the government or are still getting small checks from the government, you can live pretty well in the middle of the woods. So the restaurant, the main restaurant in town, has to close two days a week because they can't find wait staff. The former wait staff didn't die. The former wait staff didn't come into money from non governmental sources. They simply don't need to work. So they won't. They've also been scared to death by COVID, but they don't need to work. So they won't. All the illegal aliens in the world won't change that. And as Chuck Todd cites there, the people, the cities, the places with the most shortages, the largest shortages in the workforce tend to be what? Liberal cities, Washington, D.C., New York, Boston. Why... Is that? Well, it's liberal governments giving out money, not to mention the fact that $46 billion at least, $46 billion at least, was stolen in unemployment benefits and PPP loans. That's just what we know. That's what we know so far. Seems like every couple of months that goes up tens of billions of dollars. With that kind of money floating around, is it possible that some of the 2.5 million people missing from the workforce decided to take full advantage of a government Printing money and throwing it out the window like a drunken sailor? Of course it is. Of course it is. Maybe some of them got unwittingly sucked into it. Whatever the case is, when you have that much money being stolen and that many people being in on it, because there's nobody out there going, that's $46 billion was stolen by 45 people, so they got just over a billion dollars. No. That's millions of people getting in on this. Millions of people getting in on this. You begin to think that, hey, maybe there's a connection here. All the legalization of illegal aliens in the world isn't going to make a damn bit of difference when it comes to that, Chuck. I understand that's a difficult thing for you to understand, and it goes against the narrative you have been expressly ordered to continue to perpetuate. But reality has a funny way of doing that, doesn't it? You'll never go broke underestimating the ignorance economically or any other way of of the left. Chuck Todd in that clip shows how somebody who's really just never worked in the private sector. They just don't get how it works. They do not understand how the real world works. You can't just take a body and plug in a body. Oh, we've got uh, 2.5 million people missing from the workforce. Well, they went somewhere. They weren't beamed off the planet. I'm pretty sure that somebody would have filed a missing persons report by now got 2.5 million people dropped out of the workforce but we got to two and a half three million illegal aliens here so why don't we just hire them okay well that might work for some of the jobs theoretically they could uh, certainly bus tables they can't speak english so waiting tables would be a little bit difficult But they could bus tables, dishwash, cook, things like that. If you really want to be an absolute stereotypical leftist and view these illegal aliens as the hired manual labor below market price people that, well, well, Martha's Vineyard and all these leftists basically view them as, you can do that. But you shouldn't because, A, that's horrible and sort of binds them in a weird indentured servitude kind of way to various jobs and menial jobs. Yes, parents are supposed to make sacrifices so that their children can have better lives and so on and so forth, but you don't have to throw yourself into the meat grinder of life in order for your children to have a better life. That's not how the world should work. It's not how this country works we have legal immigrants who attain the american dream through you know hard work that some immigrant communities are some of the most popular most successful economically in the country way more successful than evil whitey by the way but if you're going to look at the job shortages and joe biden does this all the time too we're we're getting we're bringing in the chip manufacturing the chip manufacturing. Okay, we're going to bring in chip manufacturing. yeah That's great. He counts those jobs as already happening, as already being here. It's not; they're not, but they count them as such. And uh, if you create these jobs, that's all well and good, and good on you. Except that you got to have people who can do those jobs sweeping up look i i've done just about every job you can possibly imagine i've been a roofer i've worked concrete i've waited tables i've worked in retail and all sorts of different retail i have worked for uh, four hours in a factory that made motherboards for computer driven robotics i don't even actually know what it was for i didn't stick around long enough to know as a maid for an hour or two by the way but i um i only got as far as watching the training video but in the job in the factory, I sat there and I watched a walked through, I got the tour. The chemicals had to wear the masks and everything. They're dipping it in this and they're putting the things on that and the other thing. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're tiny now, but they were pretty big at the time. And the people that worked in there, yeah, some of them were all right, take these stacks of things and put them over there and make sure the feet machine is fed. I've done that job. I made boat radiators for a summer. And my job, you'd work at a different workstation almost every day. But it was always pretty much putting the stuff into the machine and getting the, the end product out of the machine. Anybody can do that. But when it comes to manufacturing microchips used to make cars run. Say they, we have a car shortage right now. And part of the reason we have a car shortage is everything runs on microchips. So you've got the cars made but they can't operate without these microchips. So you've got fields of cars around the world, new cars that are waiting on these microchips come over from Asia. The specialty needed to work in a microchip manufacturing factory is not something you could take you couldn't take me from the roof doing roofing in Detroit, to, all right, now you're going to put on a sterile suit and you're going to make sure that you're going to start making microchips. It wouldn't work. You have to have some level of education, some amount of expertise. It's not easy to do. It's not everybody off the street can do it. In fact, most people off the street could not do it. A lot of it requires an understanding of how computers work. These things are automated, but they're automated to the extent that everything is working, that you you hit enter and everything that other people programmed into it happens and goes off without a hitch. That doesn't always happen. You have to have some kind of area of expertise. You also have to have some, you know, frankly, most of my life, even if it was just sitting there like... uh, a mannequin watching stuff happen, which it isn't. But even if it were, I'd have found a way to screw it up. I'd have found a way to screw it up pretty easily, pretty quickly. I was very good at finding ways to screw things up. And I am not in any way, shape, or form unique. No one is. There are 7 billion people on this planet. So you can't just plug and play. It is not that's it's not like computer accessory well you just get this printer and you just plug it in and boom you can print that's not how it works you have to have an education you have to have expertise so having two and a half million illegal aliens here looking for work that assumes an awful lot but it, it, looking for work and two and a half million people missing from the workforce and two and a half million jobs you, they're not legos you can't just snap them in So Chuck Todd's little argument there is stupid, like I say, on just about every level, just about every single level. That's what you expect from a guy who's ruining, meet the press. But of course, Chuck Todd is not unique. I want to play you this clip of our president, Joseph Robinette Biden. He was at an event yesterday, and he talks about inflation. Now, inflation, this guy has no idea what inflation is. He has no idea how inflation works. His whole life, he has never been impacted by inflation. Can we just say that? (laughs) There's just no way that he understands what inflation is. He's never been impacted by it. The dictionary definition is an action of inflating something to a condition of being inflated or a general increase in prices and fall in the purchasing value of money, right? You bought this last month, it was $100. This month, it's $110. What happened? Well, it went up by 10%. Now, it could be supply and demand, but if it is across the board in everything, that's inflation. If it's because the dollar has been devalued because your government has printed up 5 trillion of them in the last two years, because why not? That's inflation. By the way, the government calculates inflation differently than it calculated inflation in the 70s. It goes back to if you control the unit of measure, you control everything. Back in the Carter years, well, we had 18, 19, 20% inflation. It was huge inflation. So what did the government do? They didn't act responsibly. They never act responsibly. They rejiggered the way that you calculate inflation so that it is artificially lower because they don't ever want to be caught with the double-digit inflation. With that in mind, that we're at 8.3% or whatever it is right now, 8.3%, 8.4% right now, tells you how bad inflation really is. Because what do they do? They sit there and they say, well, inflation is up this year. It's uh, 8%. Uh, on meat and groceries and everything, it's up 17% over last year, 30% for steaks, uh, 45% for eggs. And you're sitting there going, where isn't it up? Where isn't inflation up? And you go, well, it's different, because they, they calculate individual things. They look at the price of a steak. it was 499 a pound last year. Now it's uh, 999 a pound. So it, it doubled. Well, that's easy to go. Well, that's up 100% or it's 750. It's, it's, up, it's up, whatever. You can do that individually, but then the way the government calculates inflation kind of tamps that down. They leave out certain things that uh, have gone up more and they say, look, it's just it's just 8%. It's not good, but at least it's not 20% when in reality, it's probably much closer to 20% if they'd used the old way of calculating inflation. But it doesn't matter when you've got this ignoramus in the White House. I'm trying to think of a family-friendly way to describe Joseph Biden. He was talking about, and he has no idea what inflation is. None whatsoever, because his whole life he's never been impacted by inflation. Like I said, he's he's, uh, a middle-class Joe. I'm Scranton Joe. He's born into a wealthy family. His father got squandered and screwed out of his family's share of it, but the Biden family had money. They never went without the idea that he says, well, we had powwows every time gas prices went up was stupid on its face. But also um, gas never went up when it went up two cents throughout his entire adolescence. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Plus, it's Joe Biden. But then he immediately went into college, went into law school and went into government work. He has been insulated from the impacts of inflation his entire life. In the United States Senate, oh, they paid him a pretty penny, but we didn't get pay raises every year. No, you didn't. But what you did long before the reforms, quote-unquote, which didn't actually stop members from being able to get meals from lobbyists or whatever, but the reforms, they uh, they had... A lot of things paid for. There was a lot of corruption in Washington, D.C. It's still a lot of corruption, uh, or what they would consider corruption if their political opponents did it. But when they do it, it's different. But uh, you didn't have to pay for meals, didn't have to pay for transportation, didn't have to pay for much of anything. You could probably find somebody to sponsor your housing. It was all taken care of. And if that didn't work and you spent too much money throughout the course of the month, you could always kite kind a of check and the House and Senate banks, and it would be good. It would be all good. You didn't have to worry about those sorts of things. So Joe Biden has never been impacted by inflation, personally. So he doesn't understand what the hell it is. But one would think that by now, if you're, well, you'd think you'd get this explanation why you're a United States senator or maybe vice president, but we've been so long without inflation that uh, maybe he got it and forgot but now that it's back with a vengeance and his responsibility and his fault you get you should have had somebody explain i bet you today they're explaining to him what inflation is but listen to joe biden try and explain what inflation is it's 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 stunning i think i'd get a better answer out of my kids
2: Because what's inflation inflation is at the end of the month do you have less money in your, from your your paycheck or more money I mean, the
0: way that people, that's how it's but the vast majority of American people. What is inflation? You can sort of barely hear me. What is inflation? Is at the end of the month you have more money in your paycheck or less money in your paycheck? Now, if you are in sales, commission based sales, I suppose your paycheck could fluctuate rather significantly throughout the course of the month. I got a really good first two weeks of the month, the last two weeks it didn't. That would That's not inflation. But he says that's how folks calculate inflation. No, it's not. It's, I make the same money, but I can buy less. I make the same money, but everything costs me more. That's inflation. Hey, I make the same money, and what used to cost me 30 bucks to fill up my car now costs me 50 bucks to fill up my car. Huh. That's inflation. Not, hey, uh, my, somebody deducted something like what happened to my paycheck there's uh, half of it is missing or eight percent of it is missing no that's not it but joe has never ever been impacted by inflation in his life it doesn't matter so you can sit there and go well that's just how it is and nobody corrects him who's the hell's going to correct the president of the united states everybody in the room was a democratic member of the media He's been running around talking about how gas prices in many places, in many states across the country, are less than $3 a gallon now. And he congratulates him. Say, hey, gas prices are less than $3 a gallon. Uh, they were about $2 a gallon when he took office, but okay, you know, less than $3 a gallon. I love how, like, you can't do anything about rising gas prices, but every time they go down, it's Joe Biden's response. He did that. He did that. But he's not responsible for when they go up. But, the problem is he's lying. There is nowhere in the United States of America where average gas prices are below $3 a gallon. And again, nobody's calling him out on it. Peter Doocy mentioned it yesterday on the news, but he didn't shout it out at Joe, and Joe didn't answer. Or whatever. He's oblivious. He repeatedly says this lie, and there's no attempt to to correct him, even by White House staff, because they don't care. Who's going to call Peter Doocy? Oh, and Peter Doocy goes on Fox. Well, Joe Biden isn't going to get the average voter on Fox. Anyway, by the way, the the average cost of a gallon of gasoline as of today, according to AAA, is $3.74 a gallon. Which is almost, you know, seventy-five cents is nothing to sniff at per gallon. That Joe Biden is lying about. That's the average, the lowest price gasoline in the country. Where is that? It's down in the South, the evil, evil South. And it, oh, it's it's in that redneck backwoods, inbred hillbilly state of Mississippi. Boy, they don't know anything, do they down there? They're so stupid. There's a oh, except for that they have low gas taxes and regulations. And okay. Their average price for a gallon of gasoline is $3.07 a gallon. Wouldn't you kill to have that Wouldn't We all kill to be a little bit of Mississippi. The liberal bastion of California, I believe, has the top score. Mm, yep. Average cost of a gallon of gasoline out in California, $5.88. Congratulations. Good job, California. You get what you vote for. All of this, of course, the President of the United States is oblivious to and is lying about and getting away with it. But boy, howdy, Donald Trump, uh, he tweeted out something that was fairly, he said it was 74 degrees yesterday and the, the thermometer said it only got up to 73. So we're going to have to chalk that up to yet another Trump lie. It's amazing what a difference in administration makes to the media, isn't it? Actually, it's amazing what a difference that little letter after a politician's name—the one in parentheses—makes to whether or not the entirety of the establishment is on your side or out to get you. Now, I want to shift gears because there is a uh, there's a story. you know, you know the nine eleven commission, right? Or not the nine eleven commission? They want to be the nine eleven commission, the nine or uh, January sixth committee, or whatever you want to call it. They are out there, and they've been from the very beginning insisting, swearing. We are not. We are not partisan. Oh, I understand that uh, they wanted you to believe that we are partisan, but we are not partisan in any way, shape, or form, you see. It is just a a lie, a blaspheme against us. And then you, you sit there and you watch them go about their business, and you go, there's just no way you're not partisan. There's no way you're, I mean, we knew they were partisan anyway, but it's hilarious how they can, I'm not ripping you off. I am not ripping you off as they're shoving their hands in your pocket and ripping you off. We're not ripping you, I am not ripping you off. Yes, you are. You absolutely are. Well, now they're uh, getting ready, it seems, to insert themselves into the election, but not partisan in a nonpartisan way. All these Democrats and Liz Cheney, who said that she'd consider campaigning. She's got the time now that she'd consider campaigning against Republicans she doesn't like. Anybody who doesn't violently convulse and vomit uncontrollably at the mention of Donald Trump—that's who she's considering campaigning against. And you're just sitting there going, "These people are." Clearly partisan. They're clearly partisan, but they pretend they aren't. Well, now there's a possibility they're not going to have their report ready until the end of the year. That was always the plan. But in order to help Democrats this fall, they're thinking of putting together an interim report before the election. An interim report just to insert themselves into the election. The uh, Axios has the story. Their headline is January 6th Committee's October Surprise. Oh, so nonpartisan. You can just feel it. The House January 6th Committee is on a potential collision course with the November 8th election. The committee investigating the January 6th, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol plans to hold at least one more hearing late this month and release early findings and recommendations before the election. Early find—we, You imagine... If the juries had, like, all right, well, now the, uh, you're about halfway through the trial. The prosecution has rested their case. So go ahead, vote, see whether or not you find them guilty. And then we'll reconvene after the defense does, and we'll see if you still find them guilty. And then if they, uh, they differ, then you can hash it out between you. That would be horrible. It would be stupid. It would, You know, a halftime of a football game. I declare ourselves the halftime victor. Do we get a half a point for winning at halftime? If that's the case, the Detroit Lions would be Super Bowl champions. They win games right up until the point where it actually matters. They lead games up until the point that it actually matters. And then they fold like a house of cards. The story continues. Despite the panel's long-stated goal of avoiding perceptions of partisanship, or politicization. A noisy October could impact the midterms. They're counting on it. There's nothing that needs to be done now. There's nothing that needs to be done nationally televised, except for the fact that Democrats, it's not working out super well for them yet. Oh, there are some polls that show that it is going in the right direction for them, but they're not where they want to be. They they never rest on their laurels sadly i think that much of the republican establishment rests on their laurels and lives under the guise of all right we've got a lead let's play prevent defense and hope that nothing screws up which never works out for anybody but that's how republicans campaign they're so used they're so afraid to be criticized they're so they so want to be liked they so seemingly want to be liked by the establishment media too these left-wingers Maggie Haberman, has, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times has a book coming out, uh, I don't know, it's next week or the week after, called Confidence Man about the Trump administration. Confidence Man. Now, what do you think a book called Confidence Man is going to uh, be about? You think it's going to be a fair portrait of the president of the United States, the previous No, it's not. Of course it's not. Confidence Man, Con Man, that's the name of the book. Donald Trump granted her three interviews for the book. three. Why the hell would you grant maybe Maggie Haberman any interviews for her book? Forget the title. Why would you give her any interviews? She's never been fair to you. She is at the New York Times. It doesn't matter. God, he loves to see his name in print. And uh, he's, Donald Trump still for some, I don't know, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he knows better. And it's just just straight up narcissism and nothing else but i'd like to believe that he thinks that he can still win people over if he just give him a chance see one of the things about donald trump when i uh, interviewed don jr was there's a huge difference between the way people act in the business community and the way people act in politics In the business community, you both have an—you're going across the table from somebody. You both have an objective, and you want to try and get the best deal you possibly can, whatever. And you come up with a compromise where both sides get not everything they want, but most of what they want. And then you have to decide: well, is it worth it to get most of what I want, or should I walk away in the hopes of getting everything I want at some future date? In business, you go well. I'll, I'll take what I got now. We both benefit from it, and so we both say yes and vote for it. But in the political world, you could have that same sort of deal where you sit down, you negotiate or whatever, and you both benefit from it. You both get a lot of what you want. It's good for everybody, and everybody agrees and admits this is a good deal. We're all good. We're all going to be all right. And then the politics comes in and say, "Yes, it is a good deal. Yes, we will benefit. Yes, the people I represent will benefit. Yes, the people I claim to care most about will benefit." But I don't care, because I don't want you to have any benefits. So I'm going to torpedo the whole damn thing, <laughs> just like if you if you're not in the political world, you don't. That would if you're in the business world, you'd sit there and go, "This is insane. Why would somebody do? That? You're getting." of what you want and I'm getting 80% everybody's happy everybody gets something and I'm like no I don't want you to have 80% of what you want and I'm willing to strap C4 to my chest and walk into this meeting and blow up the whole damn thing I'd rather get nothing than see you get anything even if I I'm getting 80% you're only getting 70% but you know what I don't want you to have anything it's a better position for me to have the ability to go out to the people and say, "This guy's denying me everything to blow up this deal." It's better politically to blow up a mutually beneficial deal. And I think Donald Trump was caught off guard by that because you hear stories, but you think, "Well, you know, he's a deal maker. He he get these people. He knows Chuck Schumer. He get these people to be rational actors, and you can't." But that only explains the first, I give him the first year as a learning curve. After that, you've got to go, these people are nuts. And uh, you, you got to know what you're dealing with. How many phone calls to Maggie Haberman do you have to have before you go, she's just not going to give me a fair shake. She's just not. I think he knows that Maggie Haberman isn't going to give him a fair shake, but I think he still labors under the delusion that there's no such thing as bad publicity. See, because when he was coming up, becoming famous in the, the 80s, there was no such thing as bad publicity for him. The publicity he got was, he's building another building. It's going to be huge. Oh, and he's also sleeping with this super hot chick. And uh, yeah, he's cheating on his wife, but he didn't. that didn't seem to bother him. People who do that don't seem to bother. Him. And then when he got divorced, uh, nonstop... Here he is with another hot chick. Here he is with another hot chick. And you're like, okay, not the kind of publicity I would want, but that's what he wants. That's what he gets. That's what he has. It's that same mentality, except that the, you know, running you on page six of which Eastern European supermodel you're sleeping with at that given time is a little bit different than accusing you of wanting to destroy the country and hoping to see your ultimate destruction legally through the legal system and possible imprisonment. They want to see you bankrupt. Why the hell do you pick up the phone to call Maggie Haberman? What's weird is I know people in conservative media who have difficulty getting an interview with him. He goes on certain suck-up radio shows every once in a while and things like that, but like print, actual journalistic outfits, when he's done them, they, they don't let them record them, which is weird. It'd be better because you'd get more publicity if people had actual audio clips of what you were saying. But he's not, he's not calling up somebody at the Washington Free Beacon. He's not calling up somebody at the Washington Times or the Examiner. He calls up Maggie Haberman, when he was president, he was leaking to Maggie Haberman, for God's sakes. Like, why are you doing this? I think it's because he's from New York. New York Times is the hometown paper. It was the big paper. And he thought he could win them over because he thought they'd be rational actors, just like the Democrats sitting across from him. thought he'd be rational actors. But there's a certain point where you've got to go. They're never going to be rational actors, and I'm going to refuse to deal with them. Anyway, back to this committee hearing uh, because Democrats are trying desperately to insert themselves into the election. Now, if the principled Republicans were so principled and conservative as they say, Adam Kitzinger and Liz Cheney would be appalled by this. But they're not because they want to see the – they are both very angry that they are no longer going to be in politics after this year because they abandoned the base and the base – said we don't like that so they're pushing this right along with them the committee will meet virtually friday to plan the rest of their schedule including the upcoming hearings members told axios unlike the one six probes at the justice department and the fulton county georgia district attorney The committee has an expiration date. Quote, we sunset December 31st, Chairman Benny Thompson told reporters this week. Now, if Democrats maintain control of the House, it won't sunset then. But Republicans aren't going to continue this sham. Members told Axios that while their final report will likely come after the election, plenty of news could be made before and that the election is not a big factor in their scheduling. Right. Benny Thompson told the panel uh, he does not want to be perceived as a partisan committee. But then he said that the time between the expected September 28th hearing and the election won't be a quiet period, he said. We also have a goal to have some information pushed out, obviously, before the November election. (laughs) The panel may release its interim Report in that window. Now, an interim report, generally, from my understanding, is this investigation is going on, it's gone on for a very long time, and it's going to go on for a very long time. It's gone on for a year, and it's going to go on for another year. So, at the year point, we'll tell you what we found thus far. Not, we need to push this interim report out because our final report will be coming out in a month. No. You've had an investigation going on for two years, for a year and a half. Your interim report and your final report should not be a month apart, unless, of course, you are trying to insert yourself into politics. Now, I want to play this clip of Jamie Raskin. He's one of the Democrats on this committee. His first act as a member of Congress was to object to the... uh, 2016 election of Donald Trump, he wanted to stop the electors from being assertive. He did exactly what the Republicans did. Democrats did it first. But because they were done by Democrats, it doesn't matter. It's cool when Democrats do it. Jamie Raskin is one of the the worst people ever. No matter how bad people in your life are, your upbringing, your family, whatever. Thank God every day that you are not related to Jamie Raskin or anybody like Jamie Raskin, most of these, he's, he's the most, Adam Schiff is up there with him, it's Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin, Eric Swalwell is just dumb, right, he's just dumb, he's up there to say the stupid things that the people who are much smarter than him, which isn't tough to do, won't say, but want said, you know, like, oh god, uh, this is, sound really stupid, but uh, you can get Eric Swalwell to do it, somebody's got to appeal to the really dumb Democrats out there. And that's Eric Swalwell. Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin theoretically know better, but they have no scruples. They have no conscience. They have no concern for truth or reality. And so they are out there telling the big lies, the absolute huge lies with a straight face, leaking to the press and going, this is news to me. I've never heard this before. Uh, They just go out there and Adam Schiff for particular, I have proof of collusion. There's proof of collusion. Of course we have proof of collusion. Where is it? Well, we need to uh, wait for the final report to put it out. And where is that? We're still waiting because the final report has been out. There's no proof of Russian collusion, but if you are an unscrupulous left-wing demagogue, it doesn't matter. That's what you get with Raskin and with uh, Schiff. By the way, I keep getting fundraising emails from Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is going to win re-election with 75% of the vote in his gerrymandered district out in California. Democrats weirdly don't care about gerrymandering in in blue states. But he wants... And you're sitting there going, why the hell are you raising money? Because it's panic. Please help me. They're coming after me and all this stuff. Nobody's coming after him. Republicans recognize that they're not going to win that seat. His voters are stupid. But... He wants to raise that money because he wants to be the leader of the Democrats. Nancy Pelosi is supposed to step down after this election, no matter what, even if they win. She was only supposed to have two more terms as Speaker of the House. Um, Schiff is positioning himself to be the next leader of the Democrats. Now, could you imagine there are some, not many, sane choices out there for Democrats, and they have to go with the frontrunner is Adam Schiff? How demented does your party have to be how big of a failure does that have to be well it has to be democrats now we go to jamie raskin always looks like he just got out of the shower i don't understand why the guy's hair is always wet horrible human being and you sit there and you go couldn't couldn't montgomery county come up with somebody better and uh, somebody who used to live as somebody who used to live in montgomery county maryland for a while the answer is no no there is there isn't any that's how sad it is like nope nope there isn't any there isn't anybody better now there aren't a lot of there are a lot of people worse but there are a lot of people as bad too just there's there's no way around it anyway he's asked about this is uh congressman thomas massey republicans are kind of curious to know who ray epps is and if you don't know who ray epps is he's you can find video of him on January fifth, the night before, at a rally, going, "We need to go into the Capitol." After the thing, it's probably not a popular idea, but we've got to go into the Capitol. And you're like, "Why?" Because we've got to.
2: Hmm. It's
0: almost like he was trying to set the whole thing up, and then on the day of, he's there yelling at people. We're after this president speaks. We go down, and we go to the cap. We're going to the Capitol. It's this way. It's Well, you have to be a special kind of stupid to not know where the Capitol is from where the, uh, the rally was. The rally was down by the Washington Monument. You can literally see the freaking Capitol. But he was out there, man. He's a good – you get your money's worth out there, apparently. Well, there's a lot of speculation that Ray Epps might be – a uh, a government agent not necessarily an employee but some sort of informant because as we saw up in michigan with um uh, the alleged plot to kidnap governor whitmer up there oh i know they're trying to kidnap her and it turns out that just i think everybody involved was an fbi informant and like how the hell is that even possible but they were. They're all FBI informants. It's like the drug deal where the, the cops are the buyers trying to catch the cops who are the sellers. And the sellers who are cops are trying to catch the buyer. Like, hey, all right, you're under arrest. No, you're under arrest. What? Everybody here is law enforcement? Yes. Huh. Crap. It's the same kind of thing with the Whitmer kidnapping plot. Nobody would be dumb enough to want to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Nobody wants to spend that much time with her. Who would do that? So uh, Jamie Raskin, who will leave no stone unturned when it comes to getting Donald Trump, actually will leave at least one stone unturned. He's also not interested at all in how it is that two pipe bombs, alleged pipe bombs, ended up at the Republican National Committee and the Democratic National Committee, nor is he concerned how it is the Secret Service managed to miss the alleged pipe bomb sitting outside in plain sight outside of the Democratic National Committee as they took the vice president there. You know, they're they're usually pretty good at, you know, spotting bombs. But apparently they they, they had an off day that day, as so many did. But uh, when it comes to Ray Epps, not a single Democrat gives a damn. A lot of them pretend that they don't know who he is. Who are you talking about? What are you talking about? Jamie Raskin doesn't pretend to not know who he is. He actually acts like his defense attorney here. Um,
1: Mr. Epps was in front of the January 6th committee, and we were told that a transcript of his interview would be released, but it's never been released. And I wondered, was he sworn? None in?
2: of the transcripts have been released, so you don't need a conspiracy theory about that. We haven't well, released any of were them. Were you present when he was interviewed? That would give me... No, I was not. I was not. We've done more than a thousand interviews. You guys are trying to make this poor schmuck who showed up to your protest into something a lot bigger than he is. Okay? He's just trying to survive. And he's on your side. You don't have many voters left. You might want to try to hang on to them without demonizing and vilifying your own people. That's the Donald Trump way. Sell everybody else down the road. Unless you're going to get a pardon. Some people are still hanging around waiting for their pardon. But... Most people have opened their eyes about what he's done to our country, what he's done to his family. Have you guys ever read the book by Mary Trump about the way that Donald Trump has absolutely destroyed their family, wrecked her father's life? They do it to family. They do it to friends. They do it to their own associates and employees. And now you guys are doing it to this poor Ray Epps. Leave that guy alone, whoever he is. (laughs) Leave
0: Britney alone. That poor guy, that poor guy Ray Epps, this piece of crap, I mean, for God's sakes, to cite Mary Trump. Mary Trump is mentally unstable. She's got emotional problems. She is struggling with her identity in every way, shape, or form. To cite her, have you read her book? Which pretty much every member of her own family has denounced as fiction, as crap. She doesn't like her uncle. So what? Big deal. No, no. He was Donald Trump was mean to... Do you really want to dig down into the family dynamics there, Jamie? We want to open that up to everybody on the January 6th committee, not just you, To so that everybody in the whole world looks at the family dynamics? No, you don't. You get some niece nobody's ever heard of come out of the woodwork. Why? Because there's a giant book deal in it for you and a huge pile of gullible leftists out there ready willing and able to not only pay you a ton of money for your book but also a ton of money for personal appearances and help you do everything and then they just turned out that they didn't like you very much didn't want to be around you all that much but they're still using you because you're still a useful idiot so you get people like jamie raskin citing her would you read her book oh hmm no No, I didn't because I don't care what a niece is. How much, think about this, how much interaction with your aunts and uncles did you have growing up? Some. Some, sure. But enough to understand the inner workings of their family? Absolutely not. So I don't think any of these Democrats out there really want an investigation into their family dynamics. No, not at all, but they'll throw that out there, but I love the oh he's just some poor schmuck he's on your side. you know you should oh, so suddenly we found the one Republican who Jamie Raskin won't lie about We'll find the found the one Republican who Jamie Raskin doesn't want to imprison the one Republican who was involved in January sixth, and there's no denying that he was involved in January sixth. The one Republican where Jamie Raskin goes, eh, you know what, we're going to let this guy go. This is the one guy. I, I like the cut of his jib. What about his jib do you like, Jamie? Is it the way that we're going to the Capitol? We got to go into the Capitol. You, did you like the way he did that or did you like the way he whispered into the ear of the guy who then started to shove the bike racks at the police at the first place where the Capitol perimeter was breached? Immediately thereafter, he's still in frame as it happening. Did you like that about the guy? What did you like about the guy, Jamie? What is it? How is this even possible? They have no interest in this poor schmuck. Everybody else is an evil mastermind who needs to do years in prison for taking selfies in the rotunda. No matter their age, no matter what they did, people need to be held in solitary confinement for a year and a half without any acknowledgement by you of that fact, and you go, but Ray Epps, he gets a pass. There he is on tape. He gets a pass. Why does he get a pass? Because this is about politics. Does he get a pass because... He got a check from the FBI? Or did the FBI have... Maybe he didn't get paid by the FBI. Maybe there was some other reason the FBI... did Or is he an FBI employee? What do we know about Ray Epps? We know that he was number 14 on the most wanted list, the FBI, after January 6th. His picture and everything up there on the FBI's website and then mysteriously it disappeared. It mysteriously disappeared. Did he get contacted by the FBI and suddenly they said wow we heard you out and what you had to say actually makes perfect sense therefore we're going to remove you from our list and we're never going to talk to you again problem solved you're on your own good job well done sir because if that's the case I'd like to know what Ray Epps had to say when he's on tape going hey we need to uh, go to the Capitol go into the Capitol let's go into the Capitol huh it's weird but Democrats, even the most partisan ones, have no interest whatsoever in asking those questions. More importantly, they have no interest whatsoever in having those questions asked. You can't get Ray Epps up on Capitol Hill. There isn't a single committee. Forget the January 6th committee. There are a lot of other committees out there that are doing all sorts of investigations that have subpoena power that haven't bothered to uh, call Ray Epps. They won't bother to call Ray Epps. They're not interested in calling Ray Epps. Just very weird for people who claim to care so deeply. But don't worry, they're not political, they insist. Representative Stephanie Murphy, who's not seeking re-election, she told Axios, this effort is not political, so I am indifferent to when the election is. Yeah, right. (laughs) Jamie Raskin told Axios that, uh, quote, the committee has a, quote, good reputation with the American people for sticking to the facts. Oh, Jamie, 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 you're as honest as you are handsome. Zoe Lofgren, Democrat, California, told Axios, quote, just look, working at our own pace and they'll release whatever report they come up with when it's ready. (laughs) And Pete Aguilar of, of also of California said, quote, "We can't make our determinations based on the dates of the calendar. We've got a job to do. It's too important to just circle one date, November. <laughs> That's just two da- That's why you have to get an interim report out. We can't possibly do our work by November. Finish it." But we can put a whole bunch of bovine excrement into a Word document and publish that by Election Day, but it's not about Election Day, but we got to have another hearing before Election Day and get out our interim report about Election Day, which it is most definitely not about. These people are a joke, and sadly, we're the butt of it. You see, there's a lot of stories going on. Alec Baldwin is back in the news. Alec Baldwin, when we last saw Alec Baldwin, he was uh, involved in the death of a cinematographer on the set of a movie called Rust. And uh, it's, it's, it was I looked it up. I had to look it up. It was like October 21st of last year. It's been almost a year since this woman died on the set of Rust. And now, just now, out in New Mexico, they might be getting around to charging these people. They might get around to charging these people for negligent homicide or manslaughter or whatever it is in this case, including Alec Baldwin. Now, that's the story. Maybe. It just maybe will. Blaze Media, the Blaze reports, a filing from district attorney... Uh, a district attorney indicates that actor Alec Baldwin may face criminal charges over the fatal Onset set shooting that took the life of a cinematographer and injured the movie's director in October 2021. Santa Fe District Attorney Mary Carmack Altweiss, Alt-Weiss? filed an emergency request for additional funding in order to continue the investigation into the accidental shooting. The filing indicates the charges will be filed against Baldwin and several others involved in the incident. Quote During filming of Rust, Alec Baldwin shot and killed Helena Hitchens and injured Joel Souza while rehearsing a scene. Many individuals had handled the gun that ultimately killed Hitchens and injured Sousa, the DA wrote, a prosecutor wrote. Santa Fe prosecutors have determined that some defendants from the movie need to be prosecuted immediately. She added, I'm ready to start the decision of what individuals will be criminally charged in this case. It's been almost a year, and now you're requesting emergency funding because you're ready to start determining who should be charged? The hell have you been doing? Honest to God. It's also another indication, I saw a story uh, yesterday, that Alec Baldwin is starting to, he sold like his Hamptons home for a $29 million Hamptons estate or whatever, because in a civil case, certain states protect the home and assets, certain assets, and other states don't. So there was speculation that he might be technically moving to Florida. To protect himself from losing a whole bunch of his property and a whole bunch of stuff, which it wouldn't be surprising to be honest with you. When you sit there, people move. It, it, Alec Baldwin would be outraged if somebody not named Alec Baldwin had done what he did. Yeah. You know, but uh, and is doing what he's doing, trying to shelter assets from potential future criminal or civil li- or civil liabilities. Hmm? No. They won't do that. They won't admit that. But I'm sitting here wondering, what in the hell? It's been a year. You can't do this? By the way, speaking of other people moving to Florida, I love this story. I love this story. California is spending an awful lot of time complaining about Florida. Governor Gavin Newsom over there, he's running ads in Florida. He's whining about that. But as he's trying to start a fight with Florida, Charles Cook writes in the New York Post, this week he even challenged Florida's governor, to uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, to a televised debate. But Newsom can't even convince his own family that California has the superior model. It was recently revealed that during the pandemic, Newsom's parents-in-law, meaning his mom and dad-in-law, not only moved from California to Florida, but gave money to the friends of Ron DeSantis, a super PAC dedicated to re-electing the governor. Their son-in-law has made his nemesis. (laughs) That one had to leave a mark. Your own family. Now, will Jamie Raskin point that out about Gavin Newsom? Your own family. No, no. If it's not Mary Trump, Raskin has no interest whatsoever in family. But Mary Trump, he's all over like a rash. Any other family not interested. But I do find it absolutely hilarious that they got the hell out of California for greener pastures to try and find some place to be away from the policies of the Democratic Party and then donated money to it. It is, of course, uh, Gavin Newsom's second wife. So it's his second set of in laws. His first marriage ended when he had an affair because he's a raging narcissist who absolutely loves himself when he had an affair with his then best friend's wife his best friend was his chief of staff when he was mayor of san francisco a normal human being would feel shame about such things but you're not dealing with a normal human being when you're dealing with gavin newsom he uh he didn't care he went on about his business and uh, did his thing, and uh, now he's married again. And I'm sure this time, I'm sure this time, he's going to be faithful. Of course, this the second time's the charm, right, or something like that. As I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the New York Post website, and I, I admit, I, I fall for clickbait headlines all the time. I, I admit it freely. I am a horrible. When I, this is why I try not to be online as much as possible. And even though I do my show prep 24 hours a day on the uh, the Twitter, if I'm tweeting about it, it's me making mental notes to myself about things that come up on the show. But um, I was looking at uh, Alec Baldwin's story and then the Gavin Newsom story. And then I see, oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a jumbotron. Then I'm a flight attendant. Here's a secret to getting free upgrades to first class. So I'm like, Wow, oh, be curious to see that. And then I see this one of this... This chick, the headline, I'm one of OnlyFans top earners. I grew up poor. Now I make $350,000 a month. I'm like, what in the... Now, she's cute, I guess. Her body is deformed, in my opinion, because she's had $60,000 worth of plastic surgery. I'm just not sure how, like, what's... I don't know how uh, of the work she's had done. I can guess what work she's had done in some places. At which point, if you were making a ton of money before you had the work done, why the hell are you having the work done? I don't know. I don't know plastic surgery prices, but 60 grand seems to be quite a bit. But obviously she's had implants and things like that. That, a certain point you get these things and it's just, it's unnatural. I don't know who's attracted to unnatural. But you sit there and you think, This woman's wealth, and make no mistake, she's got wealth making $350,000 a a month. It's not going to last long, and she's going to blow it all. Said the star now owns three, well, she grew up poor in public housing and blah, blah, blah. And she was busty back then, but I'm sure she... uh, She's gotten bustier. She now lives in Las Vegas, a life of luxury, earning millions of dollars every year for just posting. I don't know if she does full nude or what. She's in bathing suits. So people are willing to pay her 50 bucks a month or whatever to look at her in bathing suits. God bless her. But it says the star now owns three lavish properties and a $130,000 Porsche sports car. And that's how you know she's not going to be wealthy forever. Right there. Because these stories of people like this are a flash in the pan constantly every couple of months there's a this is the number one downloaded uh, person on this website, and then there's another one a couple of months later because people people's tastes change it might last a year or two. you make good money, but it doesn't last forever. The problem is she seems to be spending like she lasts forever if you're buying a hundred and thirty thousand dollar Porsche. A Porsche. A Porsche is a look at me car. A Porsche is, a, is like a Lamborghini. Look at me. A smart car would be, um, a, uh I'm going to buy a, a Land Rover. It's expensive as all get out. You spend as much as a Porsche, but it's much safer. It's much more e- economical and and smarter. Speaking of which, I wanted to bring this up because I, I was watching something over the weekend. I forget what it was. And I stopped the TV. And I rewound it to take a picture of this because I just thought it was an indication of just how far we've fallen as a society. We see this all the time. Every time there's a car ad, what do you see? You see the car driving and they're they're just dripping, zipping down the road and they'll make a turn. And most of the time, by the way, my brother-in-law works on a lot of these things. Most of the time, the cars are computer generated. Because it's really expensive to clear several city blocks in a major metropolitan city so your car can drive down it. But you can do all that with computers. But it was a Range Rover commercial, right? And I saw this thing. They're driving up this rocky-ass, 40-degree-incline mountain. And I'm like, I didn't notice it the first time. I had to rewind. I said, there has to be a legal disclaimer. There just has to be. Now, the, the car is not... Struggling at all? It's going right up these over these rocks. It's ugly mountain. I don't know. It's all rocks up there. It's probably past the tree line. But it says uh, on the screen, "The new eight seat Defender One Thirty, capable of great things wherever you find yourself." Like, oh, okay. You rewind a little bit further, and here comes the legal disclaimer. Now it shows the car doing this it says, professional driver on closed course. Do not attempt. Off-road driving requires advanced training and experience. These activities may result in injury and or property damage. Always check your route surfaces and surrounding areas before entering and exiting unsurfaced roads and frozen terrain. So they're trying to sell you a car, saying it can drive up a mountain, but then they're saying don't drive up a mountain, you'll kill yourself, you fool. What are you doing? Don't don't do that. Now, it's funny is to me anyway, is you watch these just regular television commercials for cars where they're driving down the street. And what do you get across the bottom? Professional driver. Closed course. Do not attempt like what? Do not attempt a, a right hand turn. At about 25 miles an hour or whatever at speed. Like, what am I not supposed to attempt? I get it when they have the car flying through the air, like the drawbridge is up and they're going to jump over it and they say, don't, don't try this. You don't own the General Lee or kit or whatever. But when you're sitting there watching the car do expressly what you'd buy the car to do. And they say, uh, because of the lawyer's professional driver, close course, do not do not attempt to obey the speed limit laws. Do not drive like a normal human being down empty streets in a post-apocalyptic world where there are no other people on the street. Do not do that. Huh? What is it? Buy a car and just let it sit in your driveway. Our, our lawyers recommend that you buy an automobile and you let it sit unoccupied in uh, your driveway for all eternity. That's That's the way to go. I, I never understood that. That lawyers are ruining everything. Well, actually, it's the well, lawyers are ruining everything. But it's the people that the lawyer that hire the lawyers who are really the ones ruining everything. It'd be nice if lawyers said they sit there and you listen to some case like I saw my car, this car I bought, driving up a mountain, a forty-degree incline. Over giant rocks And it had no problem So I bought it And I went right up a mountain With giant rocks And uh, I tipped over I want to sue the hell out of them Normally a a good Not a good lawyer But a a, a normal human being A decent human being Would go Well you're just stupid Why would you do You did this to yourself But now the lawyers go Well we can get a definite payday And I'm going to totally Pinch a third off of that Plus you know My hourly expenses So this is awesome Let's do it (laughs) <laughs> now there isn't any i can't wait for the restaurant ads like, come to the olive garden where they have the salad and breadsticks and you can get all the pasta in, right across the bottom professional eaters closed restaurant do not attempt we had italian on sunday or on saturday night uh, at the a restaurant i showed my daughter quinn how to make she's trying to eat spaghetti he's like i cut her spaghetti up pretty good but there were still some some long noodles in there it was fresh pasta it was very good and so I showed her I said if you take your fork can you stab it in there and you twist it it gets all wadded up around there and then you can you know eat it. and she was trying and trying and trying and I should have said across the bottom professional eater closed restaurant do not attempt I should have decided that I wasn't going to do that and just let her scoop it up and make a mess she tried it she did okay but I'd cut it too much, and it wasn't uniform enough for her to be able to eat it. But, I mean, how how far do we take this thing? How dumb are people? And it all goes back to, I don't know if this is an old wives' tale or whether or not it's true. But there's the story. Because uh, you can't buy a lawnmower today that uh, you can leave idling, right? with the used, When I was a kid, you, you start the thing up, and then you set it down and, or leave it, set it down. You can walk away from it to go move something, kick a dog toy or clean up some dog dirt or whatever. And then you come back and it's still running because, you know, you don't want to restart the damn thing. Sometimes they're they're not in the greatest of shape. And the fact that you got it started is a good thing. Now you let go of the, there's a thing to engage the blade and you have to be squeezing that. And the second you let go of it, the, the propulsion stops and the whole thing just shuts off. The riding mowers, if you if you even shift your weight too much, it'll sputter and almost turn off. Now, the story I was told by, you know, I mean, it was my boss when I was roofing, so I don't know, maybe it was true, was that somebody, he was a smart guy, Henry, uh, that somebody, the reason that every lawnmower had the, the hold, the thing, so the blade stop, is because some idiot decided that they needed to trim their hedges and thought, well, it's a good idea. Let's just pick up the lawnmower. That's a That'll work. And theoretically, it would work. But he didn't, wasn't smart enough to go, this is a dumb idea. Wasn't even smart enough to try a dumb idea in a smart way and say, I'm going to grab the wheels on opposite ends and see if I can't control this. No, he allegedly went under the deck and sliced off his fingers. Stupid. Anybody could have seen that as being wildly stupid. And then instead of going, my God, what the hell is wrong with people? He uh, sued, found a lawyer to take the case. And one, because juries can be just as stupid as people who cut their fingers off with a lawnmower trying to pick it up and trim their hedges. And so that's why every lawnmower now... Has not only warnings on it. These stickers don't pick this up. What are you, an idiot? Because you know there's somebody out there going, well, if I duct tape this thing and keep the blades rolling, then I can pick it up. And probably the same guy with no fingers going, if I duct tape this thing, I use my mouth and I ribbon. it, I can then I can trim the hedges with it. So you got a card with stupid graphics and stickers all over it, but then you got to pay extra for your lawnmower because some idiot... Tried to pick his up, just screwed up, screwed. You know, and I say this: a friend of my dad's, uh, friend of the family, actually lived up in northern Michigan. I think he. I don't know if he's still alive or not. He was uh, blowing leaves off of his roof. Just an example that, you know, my world is not exempt from this sort of stupidity. If I'm remembering this story properly, I'm not going to use names just in case I'm not. But blowing leaves off of his roof or out of gutter or whatever with a chainsaw, as one would. And you can imagine how this ends. It involves the uh, slicing off of a thumb. Now, apparently, the thumb was able to be reattached. But you just sit there and you go, of all the scenarios that Toro was sitting around thinking, I don't know who the chainsaw manufacturer is, Milwaukee, right? all the things that these companies sit around and guard against and test for and say, we need a warning label for, about three millionth on the list would be somebody climbing up on a ladder and trying to use a chainsaw to clear some the exhaust from the chainsaw to blow leaves out of something up on their roof and swinging it around and balance issues and eventually taking their thumb off. But you gotta, he didn't sue. He did not sue. So that's good. So, you know, there are some people, we all do stupid things. We don't all hire lawyers. Normal people, smart people do stupid things. Genuinely stupid people do stupid things and then hire lawyers and ruin it. For everybody else. So if you're in the market for a Range Rover because you want to drive up a, a Rocky Mountain at a 40-degree angle, a 40-degree slope, you need to get, uh, get to those driving up a Rocky Mountain slope courses started already because otherwise you can't do it even though it's right there in the commercial. Maybe stop putting stuff in the commercial your product can't do. How about that one? Just an idea. I'll never understand the mentality of a company going, let's advertise this thing doing things that it can't do. All right, yeah, that sounds brilliant. That sounds, what could possibly go wrong? Well, everything. Speaking of advertising things that it can't do, a product can't do. John Fetterman up in Pennsylvania running for the United States Senate. And there is a lot that he can't do, like string together, coherent sentence. He is. He's not recovered from a stroke. He knows he's had a stroke. He had the stroke before the Democratic primary. He should have dropped out of the race. Bowed out. They would have had Connor Lamb. Democrats would have, and Connor Lamb would probably be doing a lot better than Franken Fetterman up there. Fetterman's like six eight, and bald, and really weird. Never held. He's like Bernie Sanders with less charm. Less people skills, runs around growling at people, things like that. But um, Bernie Sanders, of course, kicked out of a commune famously for refusing to work. Like, that's it. All you got to do is just do some gardening, do some cleaning. No, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to just uh, lay around in my underwear. I'm down laying around in my underwear. I'm not going to clean up myself. I'm not going to change my underwear. And you're not going to make me do anything. You shut your mouth on Bernie Sanders. Like you weren't even mayor of uh, in Vermont yet. I don't care. I'm not gonna do it. I know my plates are just gonna pile up right here. Somebody else can take my plates. It's a commune. You're supposed to be able to do whatever it is you want to do. That's Bernie Sanders. Fetterman has never held a real job in his life either. And even when he did, he uh, barely did it. Then eventually he got into politics. How many how many reprobates who do nothing? fall into Democratic Party politics. I don't get it. Of course, he's from a a wealthy family. He also had a problem paying his taxes quite a bit. There were several liens. He didn't didn't pay his taxes the way a good tax and spend liberal would. Actually, yeah, liberals want to tax you, not them. So the fact that he didn't pay his taxes for years had liens against him and everything. Not a big surprise. Even though he comes from a wealthy family, could have easily paid his taxes. He said that it, quote, slipped through the cracks oopsie try that one with uh, your taxes slip through the cracks dude sorry about that my bad anyway the uh frankenstein's monster up there in pennsylvania is having difficulty speaking i only mock him because he deserves it because he's insisting that he's fine and that's a real problem it's doing a disservice to the people of pennsylvania and um I just don't like liars to begin with. Plus, I'm not a big fan of of spoiled people who live their whole lives off of other people and then want jobs in politics to tell everybody else how to live. Like, you've never had to earn your way anywhere. At a rally the other day in Philadelphia, he talked about the Eagles up there trying to appeal to the hometown crowd. And he's. Then something controversial: the Eagles are better than the Eagles. Now you think I'm joking? No, this is a man not up to the job.
2: And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles.
0: What? Eagles are so much better than Eagles. Oh. Okay, did an eagle poop on your car on the way to this event, or so? Are you talking about the football team in Philadelphia, where you are, or are you talking about the bird, dude? Um, what in the hell are you talking about? You have any idea? No, no, you don't. But uh, I don't think that I don't think that I don't think that eagle talk is going to fly in Philadelphia. All right, I want to shift it up and talk about this uh, trans issue again because the governor of Virginia. Made a good move, made a smart move, and uh, they have made it a law in Virginia that schools can't go against the wishes of parents, and they can't hide things from parents. If some kid goes, these are my new pronouns, and the school wants to just play along, because that's what they want to encourage people, they want to groom kids to come out, and then they want to say, and we'll hide it from your parents. We'll protect you from your meany, meany, bumbleeany parents. Well, the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, says, no, you can't do that. And so the left is now going absolutely crazy over this. It's anti-trans. It's anti-trans. Instead of going, what in the hell is this explosion where like 20% of kids are trans now for about 15 minutes? Maybe, Maybe that's the problem. Nope, 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 nope. They're very, very concerned. And Congressman Jerry Connolly of Northern Virginia is a Democrat there. Virginia's 11th district goes to Washington. This is the mindset of people that are going to Washington, D.C. from Democrats. He filed comment for it. He tweeted out, public comment is now open for Governor Youngkin's egregious new policy on trans students in Virginia. I just submitted mine. You should too. And here's the link to it. He says, Governor Youngkin, what you have proposed will have tragic consequences. Tragic. See, he's not trying to make a rational argument. There's no rational argument for encouraging delusion or subsidizing or encouraging the butchering of the human body of preteen kids you will have tragic consequences there is one data point to keep in mind as this egregious new policy is debated and implemented colin a young lgbtq person attempts suicide every 45 seconds in america now, that sentence is in bold, and then it's followed up with its own standalone three-word sentence. Every 45 seconds. You go, holy frank-tanana, Nana! That is a lot of suicide attempts. Every 45 seconds? He finishes his letter in bold again. There is no justification for such transparent cruelty in Virginia. A suicide Every 45 seconds. Well, some Twitter users have done the math on this one. 45 seconds is less than a minute. Take that out, extrapolate that over the course of a day, over the course of a week, over the course of a month, over the course of a year. That would be equal to 708,000 trans suicide attempts. Trans 708,000 trans suicide attempts a year per year. Now, according to the Centers for Disease Control, there are 1.2 million suicide attempts annually in the United States. In 708,000, that's more than half. It's about 60% of the suicide attempts, according to Congressman Gerald Connolly, are trans youth. That's a whole hell of a lot of trans youth out there trying to. That's everybody, apparently. But he was more specific than that because it's not 30 year old trans youth who just never have been accepted by their parents and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. His exact quote was a young LGBTQ person attempts suicide. So it's not just trans, it's everybody who fits into the alphabet mafia. Every 45 seconds young high school age since we're dealing with people a law that has to do with public schools. so your junior high high school even elementary school if you're a real sick democrat 708,000 elementary through high school students who are some form of gay or trans or whatever try to commit suicide every single year Why was this the first time you heard about it? Of course, it's not true. It's not even remotely close to true. But it doesn't matter. Democrats aren't held to a standard of truth. Democrats aren't expected to tell you the truth. People expect Democrats to tell them the truth. They're naive. I've got some oceanfront property in Salt Lake City to sell you, if you believe that. But it is so egregious, and nobody's correcting it. Or very few people. Random people on... Twitter, behind anonymous accounts, actually, this one that I found, has 114 followers. They're correcting the record. I've retweeted it, but it's got two, two, count them, two retweets. This thread correcting the record. Will there be a fact check about this from PolitiFact? No, there won't. Will there be a Snopes story? No, there won't. Will NBC News demand answers from Congressman Jerry Connolly about this egregious lie? No, it won't. He will have gotten away with it. He will have gotten all the publicity because the lie gets all the way around the world twice before the truth gets its pants on. The original tweet has 292 retweets as of this moment. He has 83,000 followers and he has 650 likes on the tweet. Like I say, the truth, the reality, somebody just doing the math, looking at it critically, has two retweets and 10 likes. That's the way the world works. That's the power of social media. And that is the danger of progressive lies. That's why you have to constantly be vigilant trying to correct the record against these people. These people are not bound by reality because they don't have to be. They're not expected to be. They have no need to be. Because the consequences for not being are what? What are the consequences? What is, what's going to happen to Jerry Connolly? Is Rachel Maddow going to call him out and say, this is ridiculous. Somebody who has actual concern for the LGBTQ community on the left, if that person exists, will they say, you're making it look bad, all right? Let's just be honest about it, all right? It's horrible enough. You don't have to lie about it. Will anybody do that? No, they won't. Agenda uber Individuals are disposable to the left. And so, quite frankly, is the truth. But that's kind of always been the case, hasn't it been? I want to point out just how, since we're talking about ridiculousness and stupidity, and it's towards the end of the program. I saw this this morning from Time Magazine. You want to know how far things have fallen? Time Magazine's always been liberal, but you can always kind of—they're they're doing news, but they do news from a liberal point of view, right? Left wingers, whatever the Time Magazine. Okay, fine, that's understandable. But now they are just simply a parrot of the left. you got to wonder, I just finished that uh, the audiobook of Jan Winters' biography, and it, when he's not talking, he, it's just name-dropping left and right and then whining about Republicans and how he's lost politically on a bunch of stuff. But these what Rolling Stone has become now Wenner sold it but his kid runs it still what Rolling Stone has become is exactly like everything else you don't get anything from Rolling Stone you can't get from Huffington Post you can't get anything from Huffington Post you can't get from Slate.com that you can't get anything from Slate.com that you can't get from the Daily Cost or The Nation or whatever insert the left-wing quote-unquote news outlet and it doesn't matter. It's a whole bunch of people towing liberalism's line. Time Magazine has become that. I don't know who thought, hey, you know what our good business model would be? You know what everybody else is doing? We should do what everybody else is doing, too. You know, in addition to everybody else doing it, we should do it. So I saw this headline, Haley Bieber's, meaning uh, Haley uh, Bieber's, Justin Bieber's wife. She's, I think, Alec Baldwin's niece. One of the ball—I don't know which Baldwin kids' kid she is—but it doesn't matter. Good-looking woman, Haley Bieber's brown gla brownie glazed lips look is yet another example of cultural appropriation and beauty. You're sitting here going, "What?" If you're if you're wondering what I'm talking about, you're not alone. These people need hobbies. Haley Bieber faced criticism over the weekend after a TikTok video she made about brownie glazed lips was called out for appropriating a makeup technique favored by Latinas and black and brown women since the 1990s. In Bieber's original video, which gained 2.9 million views since she posted it on August 23rd, the model wears brown lip liner with a clear, glossy lip treatment from her beauty brand Rode, captioning the post, quote, ready for all the fall things, including brownie glazed lips, end quote. The use of brown lip liner and clear gloss has long been favored by women with darker skin tones, and Bieber doesn't claim to have invented the lip combo in the video. Oh, thank God. Can you imagine having this much time on your hands? How would you avoid the urge to drink Hemlock? But her post led to an influx of primarily white TikTok users recreating the look on the platform and crediting Bieber as their inspiration. As the trend took off, critics derided the framing of a beauty technique long practiced by women of color as having been started by a white celebrity. The controversy. Now this is Time Mag this isn't the National Enquirer. This is this isn't Us Weekly. This isn't People. This is Time Magazine writing this. The controversy reached a boiling point over the weekend when the topic began to trend on Twitter. One video in particular in which creator Victoria Lynn referred to the beauty trend as Haley Bieber's go-to fall lip combo was cited multiple times by other creators arguing that branding the technique brownie glazed lips is problematic and meant to help sell Bieber's cosmetics. Why? That's why she did it. She's in the business of selling cosmetics. She should just Understand that her target demographic and the people who are in social media this deep are also incredibly stupid. So you should make edible cosmetics, and that's it. Now, what's funny is all these people whining. This is cultural appropriation. All these people there and then there's a whole list of people saying this is cultural appropriation. How dare you? Well, they're doing it on the internet. They're doing it through various cell phones that were created by people who are different than they are. Most of the the iPhone users, Steve Jobs, uh, he was not black or brown. Should you be using that? The internet, Samsung, the odds of it being anybody who wasn't Asian involved in creating a Samsung are pretty damn slim to none, right? Isn't it cultural appropriation to use these things? I mean, this is how far we have to go to put a stop to this garbage. But this is the garbage of the left. This is who they are and where they are and what they live and how they think. You're getting a peek into the void that exists behind their eyes. It's a sickness. Liberalism is a mental disorder. There's something wrong with these people that you can't put your finger on and instead of pointing it out, instead of relentlessly pointing it out, you that should be what Time Magazine, I expect this crap from people, all right? And Us Weekly, that's just what they do. They're clickbait. You expect Time Magazine to go, what in the hell is wrong with people? Okay, we're all human beings. You get Kardashians getting yelled at because why? Because they braided their hair. They braided their hair in a certain way. They did cornrows. Okay, is it really that big of a leap to go from hair braids to cornrows that suddenly it's it's beyond the pale that somebody who is the wrong shade of white or wrong shade of off-white can't do it dreadlocks can't do that because of this one well if you look at paintings from as far back as there are paintings and you just look at a lot of paintings of princesses and queens and just general women from throughout europe a thousand years ago they're braiding hair there's a lot of hair braiding in there so the concept of braiding did that come from white women White women's hair is a lot easier to braid than, say, black hair. doesn't have to be straightened before you can braid it. Does that mean that no black woman should ever be allowed to braid their hair again because the very concept, doesn't even matter to the cornrows, that the very concept of braiding came from white women? No. No. By liberals' own rules, it does, except for that white women can't be, white people can't be good for anything. They can't be responsible for creating anything good and what have you. And you can steal from whitey all you want. You can steal from Asians all you want because they don't really count either. There's a guy who got on his calculus advanced placement, he got a perfect score. 270,000 kids across the country took this test. One kid got a perfect score one kid, Felix Zhang, the only person in the whole country out of 270,000 students to get a perfect AP calculus score. And a guy who works for, I believe, the Washington Free Beacon, or at least used to, tweeted out a joke, said, imagine being the Harvard dean who has to write his rejection letter because he's too Asian to get into Harvard. Liberalism is a mental disorder, ladies and gentlemen. It really, truly is, and it needs to be destroyed period, end of story. Anyway, that's enough for today, I think, don't you? We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again, because each 24-hour period brings more insanity. I appreciate you listening, spreading the word. We'll see you tomorrow.